and welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast. And today, well, Phil's come back from holiday. Did you have a good holiday, Phil? It was fantastic, Andrew. I was down in Devon and, uh, yeah, playing uh, playing golf and relaxing down there. It's be absolutely beautiful. Very yeah. good. Well, in your absence, as you know, we had Matt Harper, the Chief Commercial Officer of Infinity Energy Systems, talking about the whole battery and fuel cell and hydrogen new economy, which is... Um, had uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hits, actually. So you have to put on a good show today, Phil, to uh, keep the momentum going. Well, I'll try my very best, Andrew. Well, and you're going to have to do most of the talking, I think, because I'll be absolutely honest with you, yesterday I was out fishing with Schroders. Fantastic day. Everybody seemed to catch a lot of big fish except myself, but there you go, that's the difference between brokers and bankers and investment managers. Um, it was a great day, and uh, actually, I must admit, the last few days I haven't followed the market that carefully. Uh, although I always keep a watching eye on it. Uh, actually, on that point, there, maybe just kick it off. Obviously, Bridgepoint, um, the private equity investors, floated this week and went shooting up to sort of 25% premium on day one. And the valuation now is is pretty high. But what I find very interesting, and it is relevant to tech and trends, by the way is that for a private equity firm to think that the stock market is the place to list because if you think about it it's illogical isn't it they, they want to take companies private and yet there they are listing so maybe that's telling us something that actually people can see that the valuations you can get at the moment on the stock market are actually higher than private equity people want to pay and the other thing that's worth bearing in mind is actually i did play golf with a very senior person a major private equity firm the other day and he was pointing out to me that he held and each partner had to hold positions in each company 52 positions in private companies that he basically had to get rid of over the next couple of years which means there's a fair chance that quite a few of them are going to end up on the stock market and i've also looked through their portfolio and awful lot of the tech companies and as you know i'm actually seeing whilst i'm down in cornwall i'm seeing some tech companies that are looking ready to be listed and we know quite a few private ones that certainly 18 months ago or so would have perhaps stayed with the private equity route but I think now may well say actually you know what we can list and get a huge valuation so uh and and the market seems to still be playing this IPO game again talking with the clients that I'm going fishing with or playing golf with they're still dealing they're on their mobiles out in the fishing boat doing deals I mean one of the fund managers I was with yesterday Turn around, so I've just gone put fifty million pounds into this IPO that's coming out. It's it's an electronic tagging firm. He says it's the best CEO he's ever met in his life, and he's met a lot of them because he's been in the game nearly forty years. Um, so it's still going, Phil. It's look, it's brilliant news for investors because it's all about you know opportunity and choice of investment. And I, I don't know if you got a chance to see. Uh, well, you probably didn't but, or read, but Polar Capital Technology Trust announced their four-year results to April 30th. And they, you know, obviously that's a very interesting comparable period because April 30th last year, we were right in the midst of, of um, COVID and the markets were getting hit. But, but you know, and they, they were saying that their net asset value grew by 45%. So obviously it was, you know, it was impacted and hit, but, and, and that was against a benchmark Dow Jones World Tech Index of 46%. But I would say to investors, do have a read of this report. The ticker is PCT, Polar Capital Tech Trust, because it's a fantastic appraisal of the tech markets. What's been happening, areas that are growing, valuations, a view on the economy. 
really, really interesting. Very broad coverage there. And, and as you say, you know, the, the whole interest in the tech sectors um, being really strong, continuing. And of course, private equity funds are sat on a whole lot of very good technology companies. Really interesting. Well, I mean, you know, the beach is if we see other private equity funds or trying to use the the, the, uh, the capital markets to their own benefit, shall we say, because there are mm-hmm. good pools of, of of capital and also good pools of liquidity, which private equity firms always need at some stage. The only other thing that I have seen is that obviously what with all these new IPOs coming, people go, yeah, I want to take place in that one because it's going to go to a big premium. They're selling some of the positions they held, which maybe they bought six months ago and some of the IPOs that were taking place then. So we are seeing this sort of rotation in the market, which explains, I think, some of the underperformance of stocks, which, you know, you look at it, you think, well, why is that going down? Well, the reason is because people are just selling it so they can get to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That very good point. Yeah, because there's only so much in each fund. So no, that's a really interesting point. We saw, um, in fact, there's an IPO uh, just very recently, uh, Tech One Microlize, the ticker one, that's MCIR. Uh, and that raised just over 60 million and something subject we talked about it raised 18.6 of new money within that but 43 million was exit from um from existing holders but there i mean this is a software um michael has a software company and it's transport management software uh, uk based been around since 1982 so yeah you're right you know the ipo activity uh, very much alive and well and despite Despite volatile markets, Andrew, it has been pretty volatile over the last few days. And, and in part, you know, UK, you know, in terms of COVID and opening up um, and how effective vaccines have, have been, the, you know, the world's eyes are on us um, and seeing how that plays through. So the markets had some concerns on it. Uh, will it all be successful? And then, of course, inflation and news on inflation. So investors could keep, you know, always keep an eye on that. So it has been a bit volatile in the last few days. But uh, nonetheless, IPO is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that's sort of a, a big picture start to this conversation. Um, you, I think you've had quite a few sort of results or updates coming out of companies this week. Do you want to just run through them, Phil? Yeah, we. Ha- yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be a busy period because it's um, it's July, uh, and that means that the US second quarter results are now getting reported. We're just about to start. We've got Intel tonight in the tech space, so. You know, got to keep an eye on that. But we've got a lot of UK companies that are either reporting or reporting trading updates. And these are these are very interesting this period because remember this period is comparing a lot of what happened last year in the midst of of crisis. And we had uh, results out from um, IdeaGen, ticker on that is IDEA, uh, 755 million market cap, uh, and this is compl- regulatory and compliance software. Uh, I mean, compliance. I hate it. But yes, yeah. carry on. <laughs> regulatory, though, Andrew, and regulatory is for life sciences, healthcare, and the compliance probably more for banking and finance, which they serve. But they've they've got uh, six thousand organisations that are using their software, and seventy five percent of the pharma companies. So, you know, it's a, it's a sort of mixed exposure, if you like. You've got software and exposure to uh, to, to pharmaceuticals in there, um, and I, this was interesting from the point of view of. Uh, I, I thought in how things are reported, particularly in the software space. So they've said here that they've gotten, uh, you know, of their revenue, they're talking about overall revenue of 65 million, but the recurring revenue, which we're all very keen on, was up 26% to 54 million and 80% of their overall revenue. So you're looking at recurring revenues. And then they said, 
that their um, adjusted EBITDA was up 24% to 23 million. So that's on revenues of 65, right? But the profit before tax was 0.8 million. Now, this is where investors have to look quite deeply at what is happening within a business. And within this, I was looking at their free cash flow. So you're looking at the cash it throws off after they've spent on everything, uh, you know, in terms of running the day-to-day business. Um, and their free cash flow was uh, where we got that was about 20% of their revenue, which is very, which is high. So the message is here is, you know, here's a company, a lot of recurring revenue, generating strong cash, and yet the bottom line profit appears to be low. So always take a take a deeper look. But they had uh, they had four year results. I'll tell you who else the four year results was Red Centric, Andrew, who yeah, we are your favourites. Well, you know, we have ones that we are we are we, we quite like, but this was one that we um, we we tipped uh, just ahead of Christmas, and the shares are up eighteen percent since then. Um, and they had four year results, and this is a cloud services provider, UK based. Um, tickers RCN market cap stock two hundred million, and their revenue was up five uh, percent. Uh, recurring revenues again were ninety percent of their total revenue. And they had adjusted EBITDA of 25, you know, 24.6 million pounds um, on that 82 million pounds. But again, this is generating strong cash flows, high recurring revenues, good margins. Um, and this one actually, you know, the rating it's on is cloud services, under, so it's lower than pure software. So it's on two times EV revenue and EV EBITDA of nine times, and uh, two and a half percent divi yield. So some of the metrics we're looking at there. Um, but the share price was they um, noted they are making board changes here, Andrew. So their chairman has announced you know, it's been through restructuring, which we commented on, and the uh, chairman is stepping down. So I think that's caused a bit of weakness in the price. But you know, change. We look for you know strengthening of a board. Sometimes it's a good time to be, to be looking at companies as well. So yeah, they have results. And both um, companies, actually, both Red Centric and Idea Gen, are pretty much flat on the year. Red Centric is actually up year to date. I'm talking from January the first. Yes, right. About yeah. 5%. Idea Gen is actually down about 5%. Yeah. Uh, it's been very flat so far this year. Again, I mean, I suspect they fall into this category slightly of, well, they've been around for a while. And so, well, who's going to come and look at them? Um, that doesn't mean to say you shouldn't be. So maybe now is the time to be looking at them. Well, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but they're good. They're, what's interesting, I'll, I'll crack on with these, but they're all these. There's some really good quality companies about now. Whether it's the right time to buy and the right valuation to buy is a different question. But it's it's the quality and breadth of tech that is available to invest in. I mean, Computer Center. So I'll get some of the trading updates right. So this Computer Center, CCC is the ticker. It's three billion market cap, and they have a trading update to uh, to June thirtieth. So a great comparable period to look at right because it's from kind of midst of covid to hopefully coming through covid and what's happening to this business now this business computer center supply it infrastructure to companies so this is everything from like it service desks to mobility solutions security solutions you know physical infrastructure cloud all of the it services you need to run your business um, and because the services business, let's say, it does not play software, it's EV revenue of 0.4 times and EV EBITDA of 10 times. And it's got a divvy of 2%, but the EBIT margin under on this one is 5%. That's because it's a services business, so it's a low profit margin. But they were saying, um, you know, in a good kind of reflector of, of the economy, they were just saying how much things have been picking up uh, in the UK in terms of, of companies spending money with them. 
um, you know, and in particularly looking at their order books that they got strong and, and rising order books. They've been impacted a bit by equipment shortages, IT equipment. We've talked about that, you know, supply issues. Um, but but a pretty you know a pretty positive statement there from them. And this is the set here, which they're going to expect to continue 16 years of uninterrupted earnings per share growth. 16 years. Okay. And a dividend. Yeah, got. What sort of dividend do they got? They are paying a div of uh, 2% dividend yield. Yeah, but presumably also growing. I, mean, I love companies that have yeah. un uninterrupted earnings growth and dividend growth. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Needs to tuck away. Interesting after again, Computer Center year to date only up six percent. Um, you know, a lot of these companies I think have been yeah, just pushed to the back of people's minds perhaps because there are so many um, IPOs etc coming along. Anyway, keep going, keep going. Yeah, like keep going. Right, another one uh, similar kind of space, uh, Midwich, which is uh, ticket is M I D W M, five hundred million market cap. Again, they had a they had a trading update. What do Midwich do? They are a big supplier into businesses of um, audiovisual uh, kits, printers, digital signage, and where audiovisual kits, so for instance, Andrew, you know things like the displays on the walls, the video conferencing equipment. They do all of this, um, and they're a big reseller of equipment. Okay. So they have the partnership that use uh, sell equipment from Bosch and Casio and Sony. So big brands that they're reselling. Um, if they trade on EV revenue of 0.7 times and 16 times EV EBITDA, right? And this one's quite interesting. It's on a peg again, a metric we look at, Andrew, which is the you know the, the earnings like uh, P versus earnings growth. Peg of 0.6 times. Yeah, so that's cheap. So that's cheap. So that's low. So what they have said. Um, is that they're expecting the uh, they're seeing strong momentum? You know, business is recovering, um, and they're expecting further recovery down the line because they resell into the corporate space. Discussed education, but things that are opening a lot more uh, slowly, like the hospitality sector as well. So that will come through. They're expecting that to come through, um, and that that should see. Uh, improvement in their gross margins. Anyway, they said that the first half they're expecting a PBT of 13 million compared with 3.2 million in the first half of 2020. And why that's quite why I think that's quite interesting is that that's that improvements on sales of 29% increasing 29%. So you're seeing quite a dramatic improvement in the PBT versus the sales growth. So it's showing that the business has got operating leverage within it. So that's a positive thing. Anyway, the bit that we love to hear is they've said that full year will be comfortably ahead of the top end of analyst expectations. So that is Midwich. Yep. Again, I mean, I think the market, some of these stocks, you know, it's expecting good news. They're, they're a little bit better. Year to date, they're up 12%, but it's still, you know, quite a muted performance, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's interesting you're picking up on this. Yeah, and maybe, as you say, mine share right now is elsewhere. Well, you know, it's when you when you step away out from all the noise of the day to day market, which I'm doing in my sort of my month in Cornwall, you hit the control alt delete and it actually suddenly makes you sort of look a little bit more at the big picture rather than being right in the noise and the day to day itsy bitsy stuff, uh, which I do find quite useful. Anyway, carry on, Phil. You're doing well, a good job. Well, here. OK, well, another one. This is again in the corporate communication space. 
Uh, and here's a company that provides uh, high-speed data communication solutions. They're called uh, SIPTRONX. They host IP voice systems um, and, and IP PBXs, which are used in offices to switch the phone systems around. It's Gamma Communications. And of course, Gamma is one we mentioned before, ticker is GAMA, uh, 2 billion market cap, so it's a good size. Uh, and they've had a trading update as well. And they have announced, this is for the, the period ending uh, six months to the end of June, and they're saying that the full year expectations are based on the performance so far is that results will be in the upper half of market consensus estimates. So again, you know, that's a that's a, a positive view from this company. They're expecting you know revenue for the full year of range of 40, uh, 442 million to 46, 460 million, and an EBITDA of 86 million to 95 million. That's quite an EBITDA uh, margin there. And they've given earnings expectations as well. So another positive statement from a UK-based company, and that's pretty, you know, this one's pretty exposed to the UK economy, but also Germany, Spain, Holland, um, on, uh, you know, reflecting corporate spend on kit and services. That's quite, a, that, that's quite a positive thing. It's amazing how sometimes you... You forget how many of these sort of big companies in the sort of mid-cap area there are. You're getting better, though, Phil. That one's up 20% year to date. Can we have one that's maybe, you know, up 50% or 100% year to date? <laughs> uh, well, you've got, the, you've got the charts open. Dot uh, Digital, D-O-T-D. Digital, yeah. Uh, market cap is 746 million. Uh, now, this one's uh, trading multiples. Here we go. This is They, they provide... Um, it's software for email uh, marketing campaigns. Now we all know, uh, in fact, you know, you know we, we use for distributing our research. We use a similar type of system that Digital has, uh, and this is all about highly specialised, tailored emails for marketing purposes. And we all come from, you know, for the major retailers, we get the emails, uh, beautiful graphics, descriptions of products, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and and um, Dot Digital sells this, and it's and it's on a SaaS basis, pure SaaS basis. So we pay monthly for our services, and and their customers do. And these their email campaigns for marketing, Andrew, they're used very very widely by e-commerce companies. And so their software integrates with major e-commerce platforms such as um, you know Shopify and uh, Magento, two of the biggest biggest ones in the world. So they had a, uh, just looking through this, uh, trading update. Yeah, and it's for their year ended 30th of June. Um, and they have said that their revenue was up by uh, 23%, um, but particularly what I thought was pretty interesting is 20, um, overall, but they had really strong growth in Europe. So again, this is down to businesses spending uh, money. Um, they've talked about their profit expectations, and they've said that their adjusted EBITDA um, profits are and and adjusted operating profit expect to be comfortably ahead of market expectations. Um, and this company's got a very strong case because it's got a cash balance of 32 million in there as well, and generating healthy margins. So again, a company that's saying things are starting to look good out there now exactly what i asked you to do because that one's up over 50 percent year to date so well done phil you got a tick in the box for that yeah thank you very much i'm trying my best here <laughs> Andrew. um we can get on to your we've I'll, I'll i'll skip that right learning technologies um ticket is ltg 
and uh, the market cap is 1.4 billion. Again, we, we have discussed learning technologies. What do they do? Uh, they provide, um, what's the best way of describing them? It's online learning systems for corporations, so corporate training. Um, they also do testing systems, online testing tests. So it's all about online education, um, but primarily focused on, on businesses. Now, this, is, this, this company has been built through it's a classic use of the equity markets to buy and build um, over the years. And if you you know that chart in front of you, if you track that right back, you'll see that their valuation um, you know, was down in the tens of millions and it's now worth 1.4 billion. Uh, and they, they just commented on their trading and said that um, their expectations are that revenue will increase 29% to 82 million. Um, but we've got to remember that they're acquiring as well. And so their organic growth, when you're looking at companies that are buying a building, look at the organic growth. Organic growth is 7% um, over the period. But particularly, I thought was interesting here is that their, their margins are rising. So it's all about you know, operating leverage as well. So they've seen a 20% increase in margins. Um, but Learn Technologies have announced a, another acquisition, and this time a large one. And it's a US company called GP Strategies. Uh, which they're looking to buy for 284 million. So here's a here's a company that really is, you know, using the stock market, the equity market in the UK to to, to full advantage. Um, they were founded in 2013 and they've made 12 acquisitions um, to date to build up. Uh, to it's price. interesting because they 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 uh, they, they uh, started off with a rather weak uh, entry into the UK market actually, but then if you go back to about July 2013. Um, they've been a 10 bagger since then, so they actually have done pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows shows what can be achieved. Oh, yeah. the, you know, it's not all about the US. The, the UK can do this. It's not just about NASDAQ. Um, right, talking, so that's, that's a bit about M&A, but continuing on the M&A theme, Avast, A-V-S-T, uh, market cap is 6.3 billion. Um, and currently trading, and this this uh, this does have a bearing, trades a multiple of ten times revenue and eighteen times EV EBITDA. And it's cyber security, um, and its best known product is AVG software. So if you have a look up cyber security, you know cyber software, uh, security software for your PVs, uh, your PC, then AVG will certainly come up. Um, but it's announced it's in advanced uh, merger talks with uh, US rival Norton Lifelock Inc. Uh, on their NASDAQ listed, NLOK is the ticker. And that used to be, they were known as Simon Tech is their well-known brand. So uh, there we go. Some uh, interesting, interesting, very large tech uh, M&A potential activity there. I thought that was quite an eye-catching thing. Well, I think there's going to be, you know, as well as I think the, the IPAs at some stage will slow down slightly, but then there is going to be a lot of M&A activity, I think, in the second half of this year and next year. It, it is the classic way to boost your earnings growth and therefore your share price and therefore your remuneration in, should we say, in a low interest rate environment, uh, low inflationary environment, whether it stays that way or not. It, it is the way to do it. So uh, I do expect to see a lot more M&A going forward. Well, and there is. Uh, did you see that? Uh, well, you probably didn't see this one, but uh, Sumo Group. Uh, Sumo Group uh, ticket is S U M O. Uh, that Tencent is going to acquire them. 
Yeah, I did uh, see that. Yeah, and uh, Sumo Group are UK-based uh, games developer, and it looks like uh, Tencent are going to acquire it for £919 million. Pounds. Uh, and if you look at the results of Sumo Group, their revenue in 2020 was £69 million, pounds, generating cash from operations of £13 million. Pounds. And they're paying, Tencent are paying a premium of 43% to the market closing price. And it's a multiple of 55 times Sumo's adjusted EBITDA. Wow. Um, it's quite but, price. <laughs> well, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's technology, it's games tech, it's value in the, the IP. I mean, if the games, you know, 10 cents distribution network compared with Sumo's distribution network is likely to be substantially, you know, that's the opportunity, isn't it? Is oh, yeah. that they get the games portfolio and Tencent got that massive distribution, uh, so hence they're paying what they're what they are paying. But uh, there's a lot happening in the in the tech space, and as and as you say, Andrew, this, the, in this in the mid size area, and it's just not just all about the smaller companies, but the mid size area. There's a broad range of businesses uh, for investors to be looking at. Well, I'll tell you one other result today, which which I did look at because. Um, I own them in a portfolio I run, uh, and that is the SSE put out a trading statement today. And SSE, in my view, is a fantastic stock in terms of transitional energy, but I know they still got some bits that the, the purists mean they can't buy it. Uh, they still continue to seem to be doing all the right things, but the market refuses to re-rate them, really. Um, still stuck at about £15. It has been for ages, it feels. Um, Pays a good yield though, so you can sit on it and just take the yield, to be honest with you. Um, I, I've always felt, and I've said this before in this podcast, if you read that statement today out of SSE, you just wonder why Shell or BP don't come along and just buy it. You know, they have this commitment to net zero. They say they want to get into renewables. They could buy SSE. It's, it's so similar to them. They could strip out so much cost and position themselves so well. It's an absolute sitting duck in my view. But there you go. Well, we will keep track of that idea, Andrew, because you've had these before and they have come through. So there may be... You never know. You never know. Yeah, never know. Um, and and it, look, it's it, it's it's patience of time as well. And and, and you know, as we you were mentioning earlier today, the market's mind is elsewhere. Is maybe looking at other things and and things get overlooked, and that's why. It, these these podcasts are quite timely because it is us having a look at things that maybe aren't being watched that closely uh, right now, and that always means uh, opportunity to invest. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I still think we've got a bit of time before you need to really look. You can take all this off as well. Anyway, look, Phil, you got anything else? Because that was a hell of a lot of companies you ran through there. Very interesting. Oh, good blimey. No, I'm afraid I, I'm afraid I haven't. But um, just look, this is going to be a busy period. It's like, I know folks are away and everything, but you've got so many results coming through and results that are comparing a point of critical change. So they're looking at, you know, second quarter results for the US, Andrew, will be comparing with second quarter last year. Second quarter last year, the markets and the world was in a pretty, you know, pretty desperate shape uh, as, as COVID was impacting. So 
we're trying to get a sense here of how things are emerging. You're looking at valuations to see have they actually run across, you know, run ahead of sort of um, maybe, you know, multiples and where they should be. And that's why, as I say, have a look at the polar cap capital um, statement, I think is very instructive and in what they're saying there. And it's looking at opportunity and things just, just getting generally overlooked. But uh, looking for opportunity, because next week, uh, we'll, we'll get the podcast done somehow, um, but we are in Plymouth visiting some private companies, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, they're, yeah, they're, uh, yeah they're, we're looking at a couple of uh, technology companies down down in Plymouth. Um, it's, look, it's a flipping, what an interesting time. There are so many good, you know, there are some good companies up there, uh, out there. And I think it's terrific that we're seeing more getting listed, more equity markets opportunity, because at the end of the day, a lot of technology investment specifically has been going, you know, it's been made by private equity, um, you know, significantly. And it's oh. great to now see stuff coming off the public markets. Uh, and that comes back to how we started the conversation. That, you know, the reason these private equity firms can can list themselves and get a fantastic market reception is because the people are looking for alternative investments and ways to get exposure to all of this, these you know, high-growing private equity companies. And I think we may see, you know, more of these sort of bit funds or private equity funds. I mean, you have to structure all of these things correctly for tax reasons and legal reasons. I think we may see more of them coming to the market so that people have got more opportunities of, of different ways of investing to get exposure to tech and, and maybe biotech and some of these private things because it, it's quite difficult for a private investor to actually you know, work out with one or two stocks which are the right ones. But putting it into a form of collective is actually a pretty useful way of getting exposure. Um, yeah, I, absolutely right. It's it's. And, and by gum, there's money to be invested. I think the final one to look at is is AJ Bell. Um, I mean, I don't <laughs> we don't, don't cover the financial services sector, but of course, AJ Bell are one of the UK's you know the largest investment uh, platforms. And I'm sure that many of our listeners will have SIPs that are with uh, with AJ Bell, um, and they are saying in their Q3 trading update this morning, customer numbers. Have increased to 368,000. That's up 30% over the prior year. And that their assets that they've got under administration because of administering, you know, administering people's SIPs, um, they're up 30% as well to 70 to 70 billion. Um, so you can see that uh, there is a lot of investor activity um, in the UK and looking for investment opportunity. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And I mean, again, talking to the fund managers that I'm playing golf with and going fishing with, et cetera, they are reporting to me back because I say, how on earth are you investing in all these IPOs? Where's all the money coming from? And they are saying they are seeing capital inflows. Yeah. So money is there. On that yeah. note, the money being there, we'll call it a day for this week. Um, hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, so we'll find a way somehow next week to do it in Plymouth, live from Plymouth maybe, or pre-recorded the day before, we'll just see. But anyway, hopefully you enjoyed that and thanks for listening. Take care.